Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Thank you, Liberty, for letting me have this opportunity to come, for me and my wife to be here with you tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time already. I'm so grateful for for this church and uh, for your testimony and uh, for your heart for for the Lord's work uh, here and, uh, and around Southern California and the world. And I'm so thankful that, uh, that we've had the, the blessing of, of uh, serving the Lord alongside you um, here in Southern California. It's been a blessing to see God do His work. And I want to thank you for having a part in that, for investing in us. Most of you have never even met, but uh, thank, you for your, uh, thank you for your investment in the Lord's work. Uh, I, I want to tell you that, uh, that God has, has taken your investment and has multiplied it uh, so many times and, and is doing a great, great work there in Pasadena. It's not, it's not a work that can be said, Philip and Mackenzie and their family did this. It's definitely a work that you look at it and see the testimonies and you see the life change and, and it has to be said, God did that. And, uh, you know, that's what we prayed for when we moved out here um, from, uh, from Georgia. I pastored for eight and a half years in Georgia, and I was just, uh, just happy as could be to stay right there and continue until Jesus comes. But, uh, but he, he put it on my heart to come out west and uh, to, to plant a church. And, and I didn't know where, so we began praying about where, and, uh, and God showed us California. You know, I, I prayed about Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Utah and New Mexico and every other state. And I, and I, was, I was like, you know, God, Alabama's west of, uh, of Georgia. Uh, but nope, nope, nope. Uh, so He wanted us all the way out here in California. And uh, so we, we came out here, uh, and well, I was praying about just where in California. So I came out in December of 2014 and drove all over the place around Southern California, and I saw the need everywhere, the need for a gospel witness, the need for a Bible-preaching church. Because there are a lot of churches out there, but not a lot of Bible-preaching churches, not a lot that are going to open up the Word of God and tell you what God has to say. Uh, there, and, and so, we, we prayed about it, and, uh, and God uh, put it on our heart to go to, uh, go to Pasadena, and uh, moved out there in April of 2016, and uh, from there, God just... God just did something, and, uh, and it's incredible to see. Um, we're, as, as Pastor said, we're able to share some testimonies of, of how God has changed some lives and, and is making a real difference. And, and I, believe that, I believe that He's doing that not just in Pasadena and not just here, but He's, he's doing that in many places, and He wants to continue that. But uh, a few weeks ago, I was, I was teaching at our church on a Wednesday night about evangelism about reaching others with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and, and it, the, the, the main, the, the first point, I guess you could say, the first, the first lesson that I taught on those Wednesday nights was that it starts with the messenger. The message starts with the messenger. If we're going to be used by Jesus the way that He wants to, if we're going to be the, uh, be the witnesses that He wants us to be, then we need to yield to Him for Him to do His work in and through us first. 
Nobody wants to take a, a drink of, of water out of a dirty cup, right? Uh, nobody, nobody wants to, or, a, or something that's used for some other purpose. You know, I don't want to fill up my shoe and, uh, and take a drink out of that, right? Uh, it's, a shoe's not intended for that, but God wants to use vessels that are intended for His purpose to be used to take the, to take the gospel around the world. And we are those vessels, we are the people that He's chosen. The church uh, to, uh, has, been, has been chosen and commissioned to go and to, and to preach the gospel to every creature, to make disciples. But we can't make disciples if we're not first disciples ourselves, can we? I mean, I was raised in church. I was raised in a, in a preacher's home. My dad's been a, a pastor, an assistant pastor, music director, youth pastor. Uh, I mean, you name it, he did it. For the past 25 years, he's been in missions. And uh, so that's the environment I grew up in. And um, I just d- didn't really know that there was any other, other life to live other than church. And, uh, and even after growing up and, and seeing people that, that have chosen to live other lives, I'm like, why? Right? Uh, I, I don't understand uh, a life that's not dedicated totally to Jesus Christ. Because I saw the example in mom and dad, and I saw them live it out. And as a young, as a young uh, teenager, I, I had a heart to, uh, to let Jesus use me. And so I, I, I told him, I said, Jesus, whatever you want, I'll do it. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say, whatever it is. Just here, take me and use me if you can. And I've, I've been able, to, I've been able to, to pastor a couple of churches now, and, and, uh, but, but more than that, it's, it's more than just ha- holding a position and pastoring. Through the years, we've seen people trust Jesus as their Savior. And as He does His work, it just, in, it just encourages me to keep going, and want, I want to see more lives changed. And, and so as, uh, well... Some of the passages of Scripture that God used to speak to my heart, to draw me to that place, to, uh, to put myself fully in His hands. It's found in Philippians. And Philippians chapter 3, there's a verse that, where Paul says, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, Philippians 3.10. And that has, been, that has been my, I guess you could say my life verse uh, ever since I was a young teenager. And, and I, I've, I've endeavored to find out what that truly means and to let Jesus work that in my life, that I may know Him. And, and one of the things that I found is that, is that Jesus is, is a Savior who, who not only wants us to know Him in salvation, but He wants us to know Him intimately. He wants us to grow in our walk with Him. He wants us to grow in that relationship and that fellowship with Him, and He invites us all to it. It's not that He has just selected some that can have a, have a close walk with Him. He, that close fellowship and that close walk is available to anybody. It's available to anybody. And so, as I, as I began to try to figure out, you know, how I can know Him, I found the best place to get to know Him is in, is in His book, right? This book has been given to us for us to get to know God and uh, to know who He is and what He's like. And, and so, I began, to, I began to read it and try to find out what He's like. And one of the things I saw is that, is that in Matthew, he tells, he tells a group of men, he says, follow me. Just follow me. Come, come walk with me. And I noticed that, that as they began to walk with Him, they, they got to spend some time with Him. 
and they get to hear him speak, and they get to hear him uh, hear hear the things that, that are near and dear to his heart, and they get to uh, they get to watch the things that he does, and they get to see who he is. They get to truly get to know him. And I said, God, I want to I want to know you more than just in salvation. I praise the Lord that we can know Him in salvation. I, I trusted Jesus as my Savior September 28th, 1987, and, and, and so I know Him uh, in that, in that uh, context. But, but even more than that, I want to know Him. You know, I've, I've, met, I've met some of you, and I, I, I know who you are. Uh, some of you I've, I've had, the, had the, the blessing and privilege of spending a little more time with, but I, I, know, I know my wife a lot better than I know anybody else. And she knows me better than I know myself. And, uh, and it's because we've spent that time together. But that I may know Jesus. So I want that, to, that's my heart's cry. And the more I, I, I want to, the more I get to know Him, the more I want to honor Him with my life. The more I, I learn of, well, when I, when I first met Mackenzie, uh, she lived up in Oregon, that's where her family's from, and I was in Georgia, and so I'd go out and visit her from time to time. And, and one, one, time, one time I was out there visiting with her, and I was staying in her brother's room, and, and, and I was out of the room one day, just in some other part of the house, and she went into the room and went into where my clothes were hanging up, and we'd already, you know, been, uh, I guess you'd say dating or whatever for a while there, and, and I mean, we knew where this was headed, and I, I don't think we were quite engaged yet, but, uh, but maybe so. But it was about at that point, and, and uh, she went into the closet, and she, uh, she, come, she came out with uh, this tie that I had. I used to, I used to wear this black, double-breasted, three-quarter length uh, uh, sports coat with black slacks or gray slacks. A white shirt, a red tie with big white polka dots on it, uh, black uh, loafers, and white socks, and I looked good. At least I thought I did. So she comes out, out of the, the room there, and, and she's holding that tie, the red tie, and she says, do you really like this tie? And you know the right answer, guys. No, no, I just wear that because I didn't have anything else. No, I, and I, I told her, I said, Mackenzie, if you, if you see anything in that, in that uh, wardrobe that you don't like, just go ahead and toss it. I probably should have waited till we went shopping before I said that, because I had to borrow clothes from her brother and her dad after that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, there, but I learned that there are, some things, uh, there are some things about, you know, the way that I did things, the way I dressed, and this and that, that she didn't like. But because I liked her, I, want, I wanted her to like the things about me, and so, and, and I wanted to do the things that pleased her. And so, I, I opened up my closet and said, whatever. And she made some changes, a lot of changes. And, and, uh, but, and the more I've gotten to know Jesus, the more I've opened my heart to Him and said, Jesus, anything about me that you don't like, I want you to, I want you to change it. I want you to, get to, to point it to me, and I'll get it out. And really, that's, that's what we ought to be doing, right? And, uh, and he's, he's shown me a lot of things. He's still working on me in a lot of ways and, and trying to help me to get those things out. Why? Because I want, to be, I want to be pleasing to Him. I want my life to be honoring to Him. I don't want to have things in my life that, that when, when Jesus looks at me, He's like, mm. right? I don't want to be a, a reproach to His name. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be a displeasure to my Lord. I, I, want to bring, I want to bring joy to His heart when He thinks of me. 
And so I want to do those things that honor Him. The Bible says of Jesus that He always did those things that pleased His Father. And I want to always do those things that please our Heavenly Father. I want to always do those things that please our Savior. And, and, and so, as I'm, reading, as I'm reading and I see He said, follow me, I'm like, oh, I, I can do that. You know, as, we, as you read through the Scriptures, we, we see that the, the, the simplest form of honoring Jesus and living for Him is to just walk with Him. I mean, you go to the you go to the Old Testament there, and and uh, the book of uh, the book of Genesis, and and where do where do we find what do we find God wanting to do with Adam uh, there in the garden? He wanted to walk with him in the cool of the day. He just wanted to walk with him. Abraham walked with God, and and uh, and God told Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And when he did, uh, he he said he said let's just walk for a little while. And and when the pillar of cloud is moving, then then let's walk. And whenever it stops, you stop. Or the pillar of fire by night, uh, let's let's just walk. You walk with me. And as they followed the cloud, as they're walking, they're pleasing God. But when he stopped and they stopped, and he's pleased with that. The simplest thing that we can do is just walk with him. He tells his disciples, "Walk with me. Follow me." And I'll make you to be fishers of men. And as they walked with him, they got to, they got to hear his teachings. They got, to hear, they got to hear the things that he said. And his teaching was different from anybody else. His teaching was, 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 not, uh, was not about all of these, these rules that make you look good. But it's, it's all about, about letting Him transform our lives so that God is magnified and glorified. It's not about going and standing in the, in the street corners and, and praying loud prayers or blowing the trumpet and saying, hey, look how much I'm giving in the offering. But it's about getting real with God and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It's just getting real and getting right with God and, and honoring Him. That's what His teaching was all about. And teaching us to love one another, that, that the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. And the second commandment is like to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And what would we do for those that we love? So as we, as we listen to, the, as, as the disciples listen to the things He said, you know, no man ever spake like this man. And as they walked with him, they got to see the things that he would do. And, and one, one time they saw, him, they saw him take five loaves of bread and two fish and break it and feed 5,000 men plus the women and children. And, and then right after that, they got, they got in a boat to go to the other side. And, and in, the middle of the, in the middle of the sea, there a storm came up in the middle of the night. And, and they saw what they thought at first was a ghost walking on the sea. But he said, he said, he said don't be afraid, it's, it, it's me. And John said, hey, it's the Lord. And, and Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And Peter walked out there on the water. They got to see the things that he did. And then he commanded the storm to be still. And they said, what manner of man is this? I mean, he can feed the 5,000 with five loaves and, of bread and two fish. And, and he can walk on the water. And even, I mean, he even made Peter walk on the water. 
Right after that, they saw him, they saw him uh, uh, talking, to a, talking to a Canaanite woman, and, and she was asking him to heal, her, to heal her daughter that was possessed of a devil. And Jesus said, your daughter's healed. And, and, and the daughter was healed. And then he goes and feeds 4,000 people. And they're, ju- they're just seeing him do one, one miraculous thing after another. They go into to Gennesaret, and, and he heals the sick, and he, and he uh, casts out devils. And they're seeing, this, they're seeing this guy who's speaking like no other man can speak, and he's doing things that nobody else can do. And, and they're getting to see this first. Hand. I'll tell you, as you walk with Jesus, you're going to get to see him do some amazing things. You get to see him do some incredible things. And, and then, there, then there came a point in his ministry, as he's walking with his disciples, he asked him, he said, he said, all right, who does everybody say that I am? He said, well, they say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah. Or, and Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. Your Messiah, the Son of the living God. They saw who he was. And just after that, Jesus said, Jesus said to him, He said, If anybody is going to come after me, if anybody's really going to follow me, I've given you this period of time to, to walk with me a little while, to hear what I say to watch what I do, to see who I am. But If you're really going to be my disciple, you need to say no to yourself. You can't live life your way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now that's kind of some hard preaching. And Jesus, Jesus was one of the hardest preachers that you'll ever hear. He said some hard things. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. You know, I mean, he said some hard things. The Bible says that at one point, many of the disciples turned and walked away. They no more walked with him. No, they didn't, they didn't cash in their chips, so to speak. They didn't, they didn't turn their back totally on God. They're just like, you know, I, I believe you're the Savior, but this life is not the life that I've, I've signed up for. And you know what, I, I, I believe that we have, a lot of, we have a lot of church members, we have a lot of believers in, in, in churches today who, who they, want, they want salvation, they want the perks of a good thriving church, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to, to make it be that. Pray with me, if you will, as we're training people there at Crosspoint. To not be the kind that say, this isn't the life I've signed up for. See, we, we want to we train people to truly be disciples of Christ. And I don't know where you are, and I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, I'm not trying to come over here to, to Newport Beach and be, and be mean to you or anything, but let me challenge you if, you, if, if thus far you've been the kind that says, you know, that's not the life I've signed up for, let me encourage you to take another look. Because if we truly want to be used by God the way He wants to use us and the way He can use us in a life that's going to be so blessed, then we need to say, all to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. We need to to say, Jesus, I'll sign my name, you fill in the details to this contract. Whatever you say, wherever, wherever you say for me to go, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. The Bible says, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. You know, as, as, as we look at all of, those, all of these different details, all these different things, I believe that if we're honest with ourselves, the decision to follow Jesus, it starts in our heart and in our mind. Our minds have been conditioned to to think and believe that we have to do things a certain way in order to be a success, in order to provide for our family, in order to whatever. So our minds need to be changed. Paul said in Romans, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I beg you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, by the mercies of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. None of us want to be be unreasonable with God, do we? I mean, so let's just think about it. Jesus, Jesus deserved, He's God, He's the creator of all that is. He deserved all the honor and glory, and and yet being in the form of God, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he made himself of no reputation. He didn't come, to, he didn't come and, and, and have all the fanfare and all the banners and the, the trumpets playing and, and the parades and everything to announce, that, to, to announce him wherever he went, well, although he deserved that. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. He washed feet. He... He touched lepers. He, he would go and sit down in the house of, of, of publicans, the people that, that society just rejected. He didn't, want, he, he didn't care about what everybody else thought about that. He saw people who needed life change, and so he went to them. Isn't that what we're called to do? Go to the people who need life change and give them the life-changing message of the gospel? Tell them about Jesus? Oh, but those people, yes, those people. Because there was a time when we were those people. Somebody came to us. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So although he was in the form of God and thought it not robbery, all of that, he humbled himself. The Bible says, let this mind be in you. If if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to walk with Jesus, if we're going to live a life that honors him, then not only are we going to see what he does and and, and hear what he says and and learn what's important to him and and see who he is, but we're going to begin to love what he loves, and we're going to, the more we spend time with him, we're going to start to think like he thinks. We're going to begin to want to do those things that he does, and he said, greater works than these you'll do. But we need to humble ourselves. We can't, we can't think like he does, and, and, and we can't uh, be used by him the way that he wants to use us if, if our minds are not changed, if our minds are not renewed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, God has a perfect will for you. 
And you might, be, you might be trying really hard to figure that out, and you might be trying really hard to do something that, that, you've, that you've worked up, and you're like, well, surely this is God's will for me, but you, but you don't have peace in that, and you don't know for sure, but God has a perfect will for you, and it's not something that He plays hide-and-go-seek about. He doesn't stick it over here and, and, and play the little hot and cold game as you're looking for it. No, you're getting colder, you're getting colder, and He doesn't do that kind of thing. To find His will, get, just get close to Him, and you know what he'll, he'll lead you to do? The next right thing. Many years ago, I, I, I went to my pastor, and I asked him, I said, Pastor, I, I want to be used by God. I, I, want to, I want to do His will so bad, I just don't know what it is. How am I going to know God's will for my life? And he said, Philip, here's, here's what I want to tell you. He said, here's, here's how you'll know. Do what you know to do, and if He wants you to do anything different, He'll tell you. And so I did that. I began to try to listen to his voice and, and listen to it by getting in this, in this book and reading it and, and seeing what he had to say each day and, and just reading and, and learning, learning what the Lord had to say and learning his will and learning his way, not just, not just for my life personally, but for, but for the world. His, his will is that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. And, and his will is for us to make disciples, and his will is for us to preach the gospel, and, and his will is for us, to, is for us to, to, uh, to reflect him to the world around us. I began to read those things and, and, and ask God, Lord, how can I do this? And he began to open this door. He began to open that door. And I found myself in the center of God's will. And I'm not saying this to say, look how wonderful I've been. I'm saying this to say, hey, if God can use me, if he can do, if he can do this through me, there's no telling what he can do with you guys. There's no telling what he can do through, through some of you young people that you're, you're maybe graduating or, or uh, starting a career and you're, you're just trying to figure some things out right now. God, God wants to use you and he wants to do amazing and incredible things in your life and through you, but he wants you first of all to come to him humbly, let this mind be in you. Hey, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but realize that you're just, you're just a bag of dirt, really, right? And you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I know I'm just a dirt bag, but you can take this dirt bag and you can do with it whatever you want to, and you can use me however you see fit. And you know what? He will. Humble yourself before Him. Uh, but Jesus didn't just have a, a humble mind. Uh, Jesus, uh, the Bible says uh, that, that He humbled Himself and was obedient. He was obedient. He did what his father told him to do. He went where his father told him to go. He did all the things that pleased his father. So many times we want to have that, that rebellious streak in us, and we want to do things our way, and, 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 and I want, I've, got, I've got it all figured out, and this is how I'm going to do it, and, and I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to honor God in the process. But no, 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 no. If, you're not, if, if you are not yielded to Jesus and obeying Him, you're not honoring God. It doesn't matter how many times you say amen and praise the Lord, right? I mean, you can pray over it every morning, but if, God, if God's not in it, He's not blessing it. He calls us to obedience, and, and he, he showed that example, and, and as, we, as we walk with Him, I, and we see His humility, and we see His obedience, it leads us to want to do the same. Uh, and as we, as we see Him obedient to His Father, but the Bible tells us that He was obedient unto death. 
I mean, yes, it meant he was obedient for, the, for, the, for his entire life and, and all the way to death, but he was obedient to die. He was willing to die in, in obedience to his father. So that gets back to where Jesus told his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, a cross isn't, isn't a lazy boy. A cross isn't a comfortable spot in life. And, and, and a cross that we, t- that we bear, it's, it's not something that some outside force, you know, some, something beyond our control has just put on us. Many people look at like a, a physical infirmity, well, that's just my cross to bear, or, or some difficult relation, that's just my cross to bear. No. Why did Jesus take up the cross? The Bible says he did it for the joy that was set before him. The people who would trust in him as their savior. So he endured the cross, despising the shame. He went through the suffering. He he did whatever it took for your salvation and mine. So if we're going to be a follower of Christ, he wants us to not do things our way, but to do things His way, and to surrender ourselves to Him so that we are willing to be used to do whatever it takes to see people saved and grow in their walk with Jesus. You know, people are hard to work with. People can be difficult. Especially when it comes to trying to help them and lead them in their, in their walk with God. As you're, as you're trying to help them to learn how to, how to grow and how to, be, uh, how to honor God with their life and their choices. And when you're discipling, Pastor mentioned discipleship, this, uh, he was discipling someone this morning. And th- those kinds of things, they're wonderful. But, but many times, many times outside of, those, outside of those one-on-one times, you have other conversations. And sometimes those conversations can get tough. When, when you see somebody who, is, who, is, uh, uh, who has been growing in their, in their walk of God, and you've been investing in them and investing in them, and you see them begin to flounder, you see them begin to struggle, you see them begin to make some decisions that, that you know are dangerous for them, and you begin to warn them, and they're like, you know, I, I can make my own choices. It's painful. But you still love them, and you still invest them, and you still keep pouring out, and you still keep pouring out, and you still keep pouring out, no matter how much pain it causes in your heart. The pain Jesus endured on the cross was excruciating. In fact, it was so painful, they made up the word excruciating to describe it. It means from the cross. And if we want to follow him, and be used by him, we need to be willing to set ourselves as available to him, even to the point of suffering and sacrifice. Not for our honor and glory, but so we can see others come to know Jesus as their Savior. And we can see them grow in their walk with with Jesus. Paul said, uh, said, I believe it was to the Galatians, he said, I travail in birth again till Christ is formed in you. 
Now, I've never had any babies, but my wife has had three boys, and, and, and I was right there with her the whole time, and, it, and, it, and it, it looked like it hurt. A painful, travailing experience. That's what Paul likened serving and encouraging and helping people grow. He compared that to childbirth sometimes. Now, it's not all that way. But sometimes it is. But just because it's painful, do we say, you're on your own, buddy. We can't do that. Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. For the joy that was set before him. John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in, the, walk in truth. And as, as you are faithful to serve Jesus, there's going to be times of pain. There's going to be times of heartache. There's going to be times of, of tears and many, many tears. But hey, there's, it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare to the joy to the joy of seeing them, seeing them come through and, and live in the victory. It doesn't even compare the, to, to seeing them serving Jesus with, uh, with, in faithfulness and, and seeing your children serve Jesus in faithfulness. Hey, I thank God for my three sons and, and, and how, they, how they love Jesus. They're not everything they ought to be for, for sure, uh, but I mean, which of us are, right? Uh, but uh, but they, are, they have a heart for God and they're serving God in their capacities, and, and I'm thankful for that. But they, they chose to dedicate their lives to serve Jesus, and I believe that part of it might be because they saw mom and daddy dedicate our lives to serve Jesus, even, go, even though we went through some things uh, serving and trying to help some people grow and things like that. But you know why we made those decisions? I, you know why I made those decisions? Because many years ago, I saw my mom and daddy go through some things and suffer and w- be willing to, to sacrifice and to, and, and to invest in people's lives. Why? For the joy that was set before us. Because one day we're going to stand before God, and he's go- the Bible tells us that we'll be rewarded according to our works. Oh, but I can't imagine the joy that it's going to be, not, not just receiving those crowns, not just receiving those rewards, but to get to turn and to bow before him who made it all, wor- uh, made, made it all possible and to cast those crowns at his feet and say, Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. To get to bow before him who gave his life for me. And to, and to say, Jesus, I did this for you. Because of all that you've done for me. I believe that God wants to do a great work through each and every one of us. But really, the choice is ours. How much do we want God to use us? We can be used by God to the degree that we can't even imagine because He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The only thing that limits us from God using us is us. But if we'll decide once and for all to say yes to Jesus and say, here am I, Lord, I, I want you to use me. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to stay close. 
I'm going to stay available. So, so as soon as you need, need to send somebody somewhere, as, you, as soon as you have something that needs to be done, I want to be close enough for you to tap my shoulder and say, hey, I want you to go do that. It comes from our choice to walk with him, to follow him. Do you know why Peter and John and James and all the others got to see Jesus do those great things? Do you know why Peter got to, got to walk on the water? It's because he was going where Jesus told him to go. He was walking with Jesus. He was following Jesus. Just imagine if on that day when Jesus came by and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Peter said, nah, I'm good. How different would, would the story be? So many times we, we say, nah, too old. Nah, don't know enough. Nah, got my own plans. And we miss out on what God wants to do. But if we'll just say yes, and if we'll just walk with him, if we'll just put ourselves at his disposal, there's no telling what God can do. I'm a Georgia boy. I grew up on a road where we had a house at one end. The road was a mile long and one house at the other end. And our house was right in the middle. Woods all around. It was a great spot to live. It's a great place to grow up and get lost in the woods and all of this. I grew up going to a, to a, a church where I was, I, was taught, I was taught the word of God. Mom and dad, ra- they, they raised us to believe, uh, to believe the word of God and to trust in Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. But I'm not standing here today because mom, just because mom and dad did what they did their influence and their example led me to make a choice there came a point in my life when I said Jesus I want to follow you when he said follow me and I said yes I'll do it maybe tonight you you know you're saved but you've you're seeking God's will let me encourage you just follow him walk with him And see what he does from there. Stay close to him. And he'll amaze you by what he does. Because he's not a God that is not capable. He's not a God like the gods of this world. As scripture talks about stone and wood. And they have hands that can't do anything. And eyes that can't see. And ears that can't. No, he's a God who is able to do far more than we can ask or think. I've got a pretty, a pretty wild imagination. Sometimes, sometimes I, I kind of think in, in cartoon mode, you know, and, uh, and I can imagine some pretty crazy things. But God can do far more than even that. He's amazing. If, he, if he's so powerful that he can just speak and all of this come into existence. Have y'all seen those new pictures from, from space? Oh, it's incredible. Just Beautiful. And God did that just by speaking. Just imagine if he can speak and all of that happen. What can he do if we put ourselves in his hands? 
What can he do with us? I, for one, want to see. So each day, I yield myself to him. Each day, I have to yield myself to him. Otherwise, Philip will get in the way. And I'll decide that I need to be doing this or that or whatever, and I'll get distracted from what God is wanting to do. So each day I need to start off my day getting in his word and reading it and seeing what he has to say to me. And each day I need to say, Jesus, I'm I'm yours. And I renew that commitment to you. Today, Lord, if if you've got something that you want me to do, please take me and do it in, in me and through me. And somehow he does. He does his work. And I, I want to see greater things. I want to see more people reach with the gospel. I want to see more people come to know Jesus as their Savior. But he doesn't just do it through Georgia boys who come to California. He does it through California natives too. He'll do it through you, wherever you're from, if you just make yourself available to him. When he says, follow me, get up and go. Go where he says. Do what he tells you to. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.